Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Another big game for your 5-5 five five Eagles. They host the 8-2 Seattle Seahawks Sunday at 1 at Lincoln Financial Field. I got the Hall of Famer from WIP and NBC Sports Philadelphia, Ray Dininger, to help preview. Ray, good morning. Let's start with some of the uh, topics that were brought up this week in Philadelphia. Uh, Carson Wentz is obviously a, a big topic. He's getting criticized by some for his play, most recently in the Patriots game. I know you mentioned on Monday how you really can't blame Wentz because of the players around him, but how fair or unfair is criticism towards him? Uh, I think it's largely unfair. Um, he's he's not playing great. Uh, he's not playing the way he played in 2017. I think that's fair to say. But uh, everybody's everybody seems to be kind of heaping their frustration on the quarterback, which is not unique to this quarterback. It's not unique to this city. I mean, that's that's the that's the way it goes in the NFL. If a team has trouble, usually the first person everybody looks at, well, it's either the head coach or the quarterback. Uh, and here it seems to be the quarterback. And um, I don't know. I think it's uh, a couple of things. I, I think it's the uh, uh, partly I think we're viewing him through the prism of Nick Foles. Uh, you know, I think the fact that, you know, in 2017 when he went out, Nick Foles came in, took this team to a Super Bowl and won it. Uh, and then since then they made the decision to move on from Nick Foles and, I think it's actually sort of heightened the pressure, uh, and it's certainly raised the bar on Carson Wentz. Uh, and I don't know that it's affecting him necessarily, but I think it's changed. I think it's affecting the way people view him. So that's part of it. And the other part of it, I think, is just unavoidable: is the uh, is the guys around him. You can you can be a really good quarterback. You can even be a great quarterback. But if you go out on the field and you're going up against the number one defense in the league, and you don't have any receivers other than your tight end. You're going to have a long day, and that's kind of what we saw on Sunday. But now having said all that, uh, Carson Wentz, and he knows this, he has to play better this week against the Seattle Seahawks because they're not the number one defense in the league, but they're not bad. Right. No, certainly. Uh, and, and looking ahead towards Seattle, they're 8-2. They're and two. They have a couple of guys who the Eagles could have easily had, Ray, and, and would greatly help them right now, Jadavion Clowney and Josh Gordon. What does it say about the Seahawks that they traded for Clowney and they claimed Gordon when the when the Eagles could have easily done that? Uh, because you know Pete Carroll is uh, not adverse to doing that kind of thing. Uh, you know Pete's the kind of coach that he he trusts his ability to motivate. He will take in guys that uh, um, have questionable attitudes. He'll take in guys that other people are a little afraid of uh, because he thinks that they have a to, to use the old Chip Kelly word, the culture in Seattle, that they can take those guys in and assimilate them uh, and make them productive players. Uh, the, uh, and they also made a trade at, mid, at midseason for Quandre Diggs, who is a safety they acquired from Detroit. So you know, a lot of teams, once they get into the season, they don't like to make midseason moves. They just think football is such, is such an intricate teamwork kind of game that trying to incorporate guys at midseason uh, it's not like baseball. They just think of football, nah, it's just not going to work. The guy will never learn to play book. He'll never get up to speed uh, in time to really help us. Pete Carroll doesn't believe that. 
Um, and in one sense, I kind of understand it because compared to a lot of NFL teams, the Seahawks are, are a relatively meat and potatoes kind of team. There's not a lot of nuance to what they do. It's not uh, it's not all that complex. I mean, they're pretty simple on offense, and they're relatively simple on defense. So they can bring a guy in in the middle of the season, and within a week or two weeks, he can be pretty much up to speed. And that's one of the reasons why why they're willing to do that. And also, they're, defensively, they've, they've, they're a lot different team than the team that won the Super Bowl, even though it wasn't that long ago. Uh, the, that whole secondary is gone. They've rebuilt the secondary. Uh, and frankly, they're not as good man-to-man as that team that won the Super Bowl. And they knew they needed to get a better pass rush. And Javadion Clowney was out there, and um, other teams thought about it. The Eagles thought about it. But the Seattle Seahawks were the only ones that were willing to make the move. And anybody that saw Seattle's win over San Francisco the last time out, you realize what an impact this guy's made. Now, his availability for Sunday is somewhat in question because he has an injury and he doesn't he hasn't practiced this week. But anytime he steps on the field, he's a potential game-changer. And another game-changer, Ray, of course, is, is Russell Wilson. Uh, other than Russ and Clowney, who else stands out to you on this Seattle team? Oh, the running back Chris Carson is a very good player. I mean, sort of overlooked, because uh, you know, when anybody thinks about the Seahawks, they always start with Russell Wilson, and they should. I mean, he's the quarterback, and right now, if I had a vote for MVP of the NFL this season, it would be Russell Wilson. Uh, I think he has been uh, he's been that good, but sort of lost in all of that is, is how good Chris Carson is. He's a young running back from Oklahoma State who's come into the NFL, and he's, I mean, he's not Marshawn Lynch yet, but he's very Marshawn Lynch-like. I mean, he, you know, he's 225-pound back who runs hard and breaks a lot of tackles, uh, but he's got more speed than Lynch, and he's a little more elusive than Lynch. He's, he's a really good player. I mean, he's that combination of raw power, willing to drop his shoulder and run over top of you, but he can also make you miss in the open field. So, the combination of his running threat and the escapability and the accuracy of Russell Wilson makes this a, a pretty tough pretty tough offense to play against. And they also have an, a, a, a rookie named D.K. Metcalf. He's a, he's a wide receiver. Um, somebody the Eagles could have had, but they chose J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. When you look back at, at, at your draft notes, Ray, and, and back at that time before the draft, who did you grade higher, Metcalf or Ortega-Whiteside? Ortega-Whiteside. Uh, and I, I know it's a, it's a real easy second guess now for the fans that uh, because it it was there in the second round. I mean, the Eagles in the second round they were thinking about wide receiver, and when their turn on the when Turner came on the board, they were both there. Arcega Whiteside was there, and DK Metcalf was there, uh, and they chose Arcega Whiteside. And I would have too. Uh, I would have too uh, because if you look at their college careers. Um, Arcega Whiteside had a better one. He was I, he was certainly more consistent. Let's put it that way. He was more consistent and over over the course of his career more productive than Metcalf was. Metcalf was spectacular at times, uh, but he missed a lot of games due to injury. And the thing that worried me a little bit about Metcalf is if you look at his college career, I would say that he was a bit of an underachiever. But he went to the scouting combine, obviously well trained for the combine, and he went to the combine and he ran a phenomenally fast forty yard dash. Uh, lifted more weights and did a better vertical jump than any of the wide receivers. Uh, his testing scores at Indianapolis were off the charts. But we've seen that before. I mean, a lot of times NFL teams will draft guys on the basis of a great combine, and you wind up with Darius Haywood Bay or somebody, or somebody like that that you know comes to the you, know, you draft him on the basis of a great workout, and he comes to the NFL and he's the same underachieving player he was in college. And 
I'm, I'm always a little leery of being too swayed by what a guy does at Indy. I, I tend to go by what I saw over the course of their college career. And over the course of the college career, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside was actually a more consistent and better performer than D.K. Metcalf. Now, Metcalf has come to Seattle, and he's been very good. Uh, and he certainly outperformed J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, which has led to a lot of criticism this week, given the problems the Eagles have with their receiver core. But in all honesty, I will tell you, I was having the same thoughts myself on draft day in the second round. And if I had had the choice, I would have made the same choice the Eagles made. Interesting, interesting. What are your key matchups on Sunday? What are you looking at? I think, even though this isn't a matchup of quarter, even though the two quarterbacks aren't facing each other on the field, uh, I think this is going to come down to a game with the quarterbacks. Uh, and specifically, I think it's going to be who plays better in the fourth quarter. Because one of the things about the Seahawks is, even though they're 8-2, and two, they're not dominating teams. I mean, they've won a ton of close games. Almost every game they've played this year, with the exception, I think, of one, have been played within a touchdown. And a lot of them have, have two of the last two have gone to overtime. Uh, and a couple, and there have been a couple one-point games, a couple two-point games. Every game they've played this year has been close. Uh, and I don't think this is going to be any different. I think this game is going to be, I think, I think it's going to be close in the fourth quarter. I think it's going to be close late in the game. Uh, and I think it's going to come down to who's more clutch in those situations. And... You know, Carson Wentz, this is, this is kind of one of those times you got to hope that, you know, he reaches down and finds a little something and, and wins the game. Because right now, if you look at the fourth quarter breakdown on the two quarterbacks, it certainly, it certainly favors Seattle here. You know, Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter has a 110.7 quarterback efficiency rating, and Carson Wentz is 68.4. Uh, just in fourth, in fourth quarter performance, Carson ranks 37th among NFL quarterbacks. And that's not good. That's not good. I mean, Carson uh, Russell Wilson is a top ten quarterback and in top five in most categories. But in the fourth quarter, Carson Wentz is down near the bottom, and this is a game that I don't see any way it's not going to come down to the fourth quarter. And that means when the big plays are there to be made, Carson Wentz is going to have to find a way to make them. And in the end, Ray, what's your prediction? What's the final score going to be? I'm going to use the if, if you look if you just look at the stats here, they all sort of favor Seattle, which is. Surprising when you look at the fact that the Eagles have been favored in this game all week. Um, the Eagles opened as the favorite, and the numbers come down a little bit, but the Eagles are still favored. And you sort of scratch your head when you look at that and wonder why. I mean, the Seahawks obviously have the better record at 8-2. and two. They're undefeated on the road this year. They're 5-0 and oh on the road. Um, they've only lost two games, and they've, and they've both been to Baltimore and New Orleans, who are probably the two best teams in football right now. I mean, everything about Seattle would sort of point towards a Seattle win, but you know, I just kind of think it's time for the Eagles to win a big game. You know, it's time for them to come out and play a good 60 minutes and beat a good team because uh, this is a game that uh, the Eagles really need. I mean, you can talk about the ease of the schedule moving forward, and they got a lot of bad teams coming up, and they do. But to make any of that meaningful, they really need to win this game. If they win this game, they're right back in the race. They really are. So I'm not saying they're a desperate team, but they're certainly a game that they need. They're playing it at home, uh, coming off a disappointing loss, I'm expecting them to give you a big effort. So I'm taking the Eagles close because, you know, every game with Seattle seems to be close. But I'm going to take the Eagles one at least one more week, 23-20. <laughs> Ray's going with the Eagles at least one more week. All right, Ray, well, that, it should be a great game. I'm looking forward to it, just like I was looking forward to that Patriots matchup. Uh, I lo- and I look forward to breaking it down with you Monday morning. Thanks for the time, as always. My pleasure, Dave. Have a great weekend. You too, Ray. Hall of Famer Ray Dittinger of WIP and NBC Sports Philadelphia. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 